The opinions expressed in this program reflect only those of the participants and are not necessarily those of the sponsors, management, or staff of WTBQ Radio or FST Broadcasting Corporation. WTBQ. Good morning. This is Jay Westerveld with Free Speech with Stephen Keeter. I'm here with Stephen, the host of this show, and uh, what a beautiful day out there. Actually, uh, I started up that that crazy Harley that I got from I see, uh, that Juggalo good, Mike. That is a good looking uh, motorcycle outside the studio. You the know, Mike. it's it, it's running anyway, so I'm happy about that. Well, Score. if you were not pushing it all the way, then I would assume so. so Only right? halfway. <laughs> you know, it's not an Ural, but it may as well be. How are you, Steve? Usually going down the hill uh, helps too, right? <laughs> yes. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, thank you. It, it is indeed a beautiful day outside. I... Uh, think, uh, you know, there's a couple of things that I would like to discuss. I have uh, sort of a task from Dasha to uh, announce the specials uh, for Sam's Meat. Uh, obviously, uh, Dasha is uh, there. She's in charge of the business, uh, which is great because uh, I think I told you the story when I uh, uh, we had somebody who has been serving the business, uh, sharpening the knives for years and years, and uh, yes. that family has been done it uh, for generations, in fact. And when I saw uh, a son instead of the father doing the route one day, I questioned and said, Dan, uh, I see the kid is already all grown up and big enough to, do, to take care of the business. And what he answered is like uh, really uh, stuck with me. And I, I think I told you the story before, the, uh, what the, the guy's answer was, well, you know, if I knew how much help he would be, I would have him five years earlier. Yeah, so, I love that story, <laughs> actually. It, it actually is. So uh, it, it's great when, uh, you know, like I said, Dasha is there taking care of business. I also would like to uh, sort of congratulate my older daughter. And uh, Katya has passed a CPA exam. So she's unofficially nice. a CPA and, nice. and master's. And at 24, it's quite an achievement. So if you're listening, uh, congratulations. And I'm very, very proud of both of you. Right on, Stephen. That is an achievement. You have to be pretty proud. Uh, CPA uh, failure rate is actually higher than uh, bar exam for lawyers. I've, I've read that. I have yeah. read that. Uh, yeah, a dear friend of mine, uh, Joe Straub, who founded the original Straub's Gym out of his family's dairy barn, uh, became a CPA. And... Um, you know, we all, all sort of said, Joe, what are you doing that for? And and he did it for a year and just got sick of it, went back to running a gym. And he said how incredibly uh, competitive it was. Back then it was the big five. I think it's the big four firms now. And uh, he, he told me about that rate and I was stunned. You know, no, the failure, it. It, it's a tough exam. It, I think it has uh, four uh, sections to it. And, uh, you know, it, the, the it's very difficult to, to get past the first one uh, for everybody. Interesting. Because yeah, and I looked at the statistics, and we encouraged our daughter to, to, to take it. And uh, obviously, it's all credit to her, her pers perseverance and, uh, you know, persistence. And it's, uh, it's great to see, you know, somebody that young to be that driven. We need to see more of that. And, and Stephen, if I'm not mistaken, you may have once mentioned that she was considering a focus toward um, forensic accountancy. Yeah, that, that's her uh, sort of like passion. Uh, yeah. And to like, to me... Uh, the accounting is a very dry and uh, boring, I'm sorry to say that, but the kind of, uh, you know, but it's, it takes special people, just like science could be very exciting for, for but not for everybody. And uh, Katya, when she was picking up which direction to go and uh, who to study to be, and uh, she was actually uh, saying that uh, numbers talk to me. 
uh, this yeah. is not boring to me at all. Like, that's you know, cool. That's <laughs> so, actually very cool. That's yeah. a, and it's a really nice sign of a special IQ. So, so uh, cool. it doesn't matter what you do, I guess, if you if it brings you pleasure. Uh, you know, I think the old saying goes, uh, pick up something you like doing, you never work a day in your life. Yeah, but then there's a, a counter side to that that I lived. Never do the thing that you love the most is work because now you've just lost the thing that you love. <laughs> I mean, accountancy, people don't do that as a hobby for fun, for yeah. recreation on a weekend. So she's picked up something she really likes, so she's set. Um, but if you, you know, like if your life's passion is, uh, you know, surfing or something, don't become a pro surfer. Now it's a job. It, it is a fun, job. You know? She used to uh, swim. She uh, swim for Warwick uh, yeah. High School. Uh, she is the wildcat. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like uh, when uh, picking up the college, it was uh, she was considering maybe to go on a f uh, sports scholarship. And but that uh, required almost like uh, two training sessions a day, it becomes more of a job, more yeah. of, if you, if you compete and you represent uh, the, the college or university you're in, you have to go 100% in, there's no holding back, this is, becomes a priority almost that overtopping the academics. It does, in, in many schools, on, and sadly, you know, the, a lot of, a lot of schools and athletes get this reputation, like, well, I'm just there for this, you know, that's how I got in. And it doesn't work that way either. Uh, my frequent guest and dear friend, Joe Fatino has pointed out that, you know, that the money from schools isn't allocated so strongly towards sports as people think. And these people who go in on sports scholarships, they have to work their asses off. 100%. Oh yeah. my God. And yep. I saw it in school and you know, it's, it's brutal. They're actually doing twice the workload. And, uh, as an athlete representing the school, the, this is not half done job. This is nope. all all in. Yeah. Uh, they they train as athletes, as professional athletes, and there's a lot of uh, you know responsibility and stress that comes with that as well. For sure. So what's going on over at Sam's? By all the right, way, at Sam's we have a lot of. This is a beautiful weather. Uh, I uh, encourage everybody to take advantage of not only just beautiful day outside, but also the low wholesale pricing at Sam's. And Sam's is running incredible, incredible specials. Uh, we still have bison specials. Uh, that is, we just got new delivery in. Uh, so that is still running at the prices that had been advertised last week, but this is new delivery. That's so great. the same uh, essentially items that's going to become a standard uh, standing order with the supplier. Uh, we also have... Stephen, uh, I'm sorry. Just sure. when you say it's going to be a standing order, you mean that you'll carry bison as a regular thing? Correct. Yep. So just That's like impressive, man. we worked hard enough to uh, to to uh, build those relationships to actually bring it in and offer the pricing that we're offering. And uh, I just want to remind again uh, somebody who didn't catch our show uh, yesterday that uh, there's a lot of special items that n usually not to be seen anywhere else. And those are Bison Delmonico Steaks, Bison Denver, Bison Chuck Eye Steaks, which, by the way, Chuck Eye Steaks, it's a, it could be a subject for a totally different program because Chuck Eye Steak used to be called and considered for a man's ribeye. Huh. It comes from the same section. It's continuation yeah. of the same muscle. Uh, so uh, Bison Chuck Eye Steak, and those are twelve ninety nine. You know, so this is really not... Uh, expensive it's very affordable somebody who hasn't tried please do because that that couldn't have been better opportunity actually to do that and we have uh, bison grinder bison burger it's all done on premises small batches and uh, so yeah uh, stop by uh, take uh, a step if you will at the bison and see how much you like it there's also something that is uh, 
probably by far the best sale yet, uh, and it applies across the board to all the Wagyu items. So uh, the latest delivery of Wagyu that we got, we got a uh, cap of ribeye steaks, which are hard to find in itself, and it's considered to be the king of steaks, and rightfully, in my opinion, so you can Google it up. You can actually see a lot of information on YouTube, on Google, that will tell you that it's hard enough to come by in uh, regular beef. In USDA Prime, even so, uh, more so. But Wagyu is almost non-existent. So what we carry right now is a cap of ribeye steaks of Wagyu beef. And uh, everything is 15% off on a Wagyu. I uh, feel like we're gonna, uh, we, we have to touch um, and talk maybe more about Wagyu because we're still getting a lot of, when we post in the pictures, uh, we're getting a lot of, uh, I don't want to say uneducated uh, responses, uh, but a lot of people uh, commenting it, well, it's all fat. Yeah. And, and my answer is, and it definitely is. It's a delicious melt-in-your-mouth fat that, whose composition is very, very different from uh, traditional uh, beef. And that marbling is extremely difficult to achieve. It's, it's a result of uh, genetics, prize-winning genetics, and uh, essentially decades, if not centuries, of uh, very hard work in uh, farming and feeding methods. So that fat, that's what makes it so, so special. That's melting temperature of the Wagyu, which is 74 degrees, which is way below the human body temperature yeah, of 98.6. People, people have to understand that, Stephen, when they're looking at that marbling in the Wagyu in those photos that I see as well on social media. That's not the tallow that you, the that's hard- That's no, not your grandpa's uh, tallow. That's no, exactly right. <laughs> it's not this hard waxy stuff. It's the opposite. It's sort of like comparing Crisco to real butter. I mean, there's such a phenomenal difference. Not to always say phenomenal, but man, with the Wagyu, you told me about it. You said, Jay, press this with your finger. Just press the steak for 10 seconds and look at your finger. There's actually clear oil. You weren't kidding. It renders at lower than human temperature. Much lower. Uh, I have a customer yesterday in the store who said that uh, while cooking, he left, uh, he trimmed it up, but those trimmings uh, always are saved. You right. know, you don't trim, let's say, dry age or, or Wagyu steaks. We, we also have, I understand people, it takes a little education. It takes a little know-how. It takes uh, at least to try because uh, when people it. say, well, it's all fat, I don't think uh, I'm going to enjoy it. Well, try it once. It's never been a better chance to do so. And it's not your grandpa's uh, tallow. Just no, like you not. said, composition of the fat is so unique and different that 60% of Wagyu beef uh, oleic acid, which is monounsaturated fats, which is akin to uh, omega-3 and 6. Nobody's complaining for virgin olive oils to be all fatty and oily. You know, it Great is the point. characteristics of the product. And this is what you're looking for. This is what you want. Those beautiful marbling that you cannot find anywhere else. This is not just fat. In fact, when Wagyu fat is rendered, it's sold as umami in a little tiny bottles almost like perfumey because yeah, this is sure. how treasured that is. Now, it's important for people to realize, and Stephen, you and I both share um, a passion for and good knowledge about health and uh, health and nutrition. Absolutely. And people need to understand that that fat in Wagyu is actually, it's not just that it's not unhealthy, it's actually very it's healthy. People don't get that. You know, it's, it's the omegas. That it's you proven pay. to support your cardiovascular system. Yes. And it's good. It's actually good for you. Not, which is one of those rare moments when usually something that tastes that good, that's tasty. Usually they say, well, if it's, uh, it's tastes that good, it's bad for you. It has to be. Well, in this particular case, it isn't. 
It's, in fact, it tastes delicious and it's healthy and it's good for you. Yeah, we're conditioned to always think in terms of lean meat. I certainly am. And as, as you know, I'm crazy always just about my filet mignon uh, and tenderloins. And um, it's just understanding the science of it. The Wagyu is actually healthier for you because it's putting a positive oil in there that actually essentially wicks bad cholesterol and things out of your body and makes you excrete them. 100% correct. Uh, not only that, it is like, uh, keep repeating that it's genetically different animal. It uh, has predisposition to metabolize fat differently. And right. in fact, it, has, uh, it contains a unique gene. And uh, I told you, it's uh, something that uh, reminds me of a special uh, force group. It's called Delta 9. Now, that's Delta 9, in fact, converts uh, mo monosaturated fat into uh, oleic right. acids. Right. And that is what makes that so particularly unique. And, and healthy. So incredibly healthy. And, and this is also why that the price that drives the price tag, this is like very scarce materials, but it's one of those things that you don't need a lot to experience it. It's uh, people have to understand that uh, a little goes a long way. So if you spending uh, money and you buying yourself a pound, it's not a one person, one steak. Uh, you better invite about eight to ten uh, your closest friends that you would like to share uh, not only meal but experience with and slice it nice and thin and this is the proper way to enjoy it because as a very rich product just like truffles you just all have to scratch the surface to get that aroma to get that essence yeah. just like foie gras just like caviar it, you do not indulge it because trust me because and i know because i <laughs> earn myself uh uh, uh, sort of like a condition that uh, I'm only, uh, how you call when uh, you have, uh, oh gosh, it's got uh, allergies. Yes. So uh, normally I don't have any, and I, but uh, you, you can either born with it or you can uh, develop them. Develop sure. and, right. So I have an allergy for soft shell crabs. And I know exactly the time and the date and the place where I got them. <laughs> I know I this was, feeling. Yep. I was piling them high like uh, half a dozen on a sandwich, something that probably Ryan could only eat. <laughs> and, you know, catching them up. And we were cooking with the friends right in the kitchen of the restaurants, uh, restaurant. And uh, like I said, I just overindulged. I overate. And so are you allergic to soft shell crabs now? Yeah. You were a sinner in another life, Stephen. I'm sorry. Really? This isn't funny. I still eat them, but, uh, you know, it comes back and I have to see how much. So you, I dose it uh, very, okay. very, you know. So you so. can still enjoy them. Yes, correct. Okay. So with Wagyu, you're saying that if somebody overindulges with it. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's it's not that you're going to develop an allergy uh, to, to Wagyu, which, which is, by the way, could be probably... <laughs> Proudly, you could wear that as a medal, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, we can all uh, discuss more of that after the break. Good. Sam's Meat Warehouse is a butcher with old-time family values. Remember back in the day when people knew their butcher by name and visiting them was a social experience? They would talk to customers about how to cook a piece of meat to perfection. Sam's combines old-world methods with modern techniques. Call your favorite butcher, Sam's, at 845-651-MEAT. 
or visit the store right off 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. Hi, this is John Stein, host of the Hootenanny Cafe, inviting you to join me every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here, 93.5 FM or WTBQ.com, for the best in folk music anywhere. This is Lisa Morrison, inviting you to tune in to a happy medium every Thursday at 12 noon to connect with loved ones who've passed or ask about your love life, job, family, or treasured lost items. Call in or text in right here on Radio Worth Listening To. WTBQ. And we're back with free speech. This is Jay Westerveld uh, with Stephen Keeter on Stephen's show. We were just talking during the break. I kind of jumped in there a little early because I'm still kind of shocked that uh, you're carrying Stephen bison as a regular thing now. Not just bison ground meat, but actually all different cuts. Correct. Uh, well, that's the only way. Uh, see. I believe in uh, breaking and uh, working off the premises, breaking the whole carcasses, breaking the primals, being able to carve and offer uh, any and every muscle that animal uh, has to offer. So with that, we cut down the cost, we cut down the price. And I know we talked about uh, Wagyu. Just to give you sort of a perspective, uh, the Wagyu normal price at Sam's Meat Warehouse is $119. Mm-hmm. And while it might seem to be steep and high up there, once again, you have to remember that it's a little goes a long way. And secondly, I think uh, within half a mile uh, of Sam's, you can find the, another shop that sells meat that was offered at $189 yeah. a pound. Now, that's the same product. That's uh, apples to apples. And if you put a 15% uh, discount that Sam's is offering right now, then uh, that that's the best chase, uh, choice to enjoy and the best time actually to try something you haven't tried before. Yeah, and I have quite a few friends who've actually patronized both establishments and uh, I'm always told that the cuts are far more professional and for some reason tasty at Sam's. Uh, and uh, you know, I haven't tried the other place, honestly, I have no need to, but that's uh, it, interesting. Yeah, I know that uh, Sam's is considerably more affordable I, like like this, uh, that that was always a policy. We tried to bring uh, more of a, a decadent and luxurious program and make them more affordable. So from the very day that uh, Sam was conceived, we start carrying uh, USDA prime meats. Uh, there's only 2% of uh, domestically produced cattle can be qualified as USDA prime. So, look, I have to interrupt you. Please I do. apologize, Stephen. Only two percent. Only two percent. That is very, very little. That's that is very, very little. Very exclusive. uh, Not uh, readily available. And uh, just like uh, we've been putting uh, on during like some infomercials and uh, you know like uh, letters and uh, we put up uh, on the social media on the Sam's page, uh, not. All the meats are created equal. So you can definitely tell the uh, prime, the great difference from uh, anything in the blind tasting and uh, however you want to taste. This is what turns people in and somebody who ever tried, let's say, skirt from Sam's. And then I have people saying, you know what, I I was somewhere, I saw it on sale and I grabbed it. It's not the same. I had to dump it in the garbage because it's so addictive. I'm so used to what you guys offer. And uh, not only that, we offer it at a reasonable price. We would like to sleep good at night and to be fair. And if you're looking for honest and fair prices, come and check it out. Draw your own conclusion. Yeah, and and I've heard this consistently from people who are in no way connected with yourself or 
um, with that other place. And, uh, you know, myself being a tremendous fan of skirt and flank steaks, not to group those together, but to me, there are some similarities. In the it, long is. it is. Well, they consider to be cousins <clears throat> just oh, between okay. us. You know, it's uh, sort of like uh, there's another cousin, even, uh, you know, uh, something that doesn't get uh, deserved attention is hanger. So skirt, yeah. flank and hanger, those uh, all belong to a thin uh, meats, family of thin meats. And uh, those are part of the, or close to diaphragm. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's uh, considerably um, sort of the same flavor, different, absolutely different texture. Right. Uh, it's gained a lot in popularity. I think we've been talking the last couple of weeks. And uh, since the prices start rising, I think uh, skirt steak uh, right now tripled up in price. At Sam's, it was still up until yesterday. We were headed on special at twelve ninety nine. So uh, just ask uh, anybody you buying uh, your meat from whether it's USDA Prime. Right. That's the first question. Right. And if it is, which I'm only few uh, places that actually can claim that, then ask uh, how much are you paying. Are you paying uh, twenty dollars for USDA Prime filet mignon? Are you paying twelve bucks for skirt steak, and so on and so forth. Stephen, let me ask you something. What if I go to a butcher and they're like. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's USDA Prime. Next, you know, what? Uh, do, well, is this there a is, way to get them to prove it? Uh, yes, indeed it is. Uh, so there's a lot of, just like I said, not all the meats are created equal. And uh, I know there's a lot of monikers and pre pretend to be kind of primes. There's only one prime. It's USDA, U right. United States Department of Agriculture. Of course. Yet there's a lot of other definitions that floating around that's similar, that try to moniker, and uh, it would be butcher's prime. Yeah, I see that. Our prime, uh, our promise, uh, something reserve, uh, chairman's reserve, uh, signatures, uh, it's on and on and on and sure. on. The nature's prime. There's only one prime. It's USDA prime. Right. And the way to do it, only inspector, USDA uh, inspector can grade it. So uh, ask to see a cryovac package. Every steak from a hanger to ribeyes to tomahawk, they all have to be graded. They all have to be marked. Ask for the package. If it carries the seal of USDA prime grade, that carries uh, at the same time validation and approval. So it is prime. And what if they, they claim they don't have the package? Oh, if they, uh, recycling took it yesterday. Nah, no, then, then uh, walk away. Gotcha. And uh, yeah, check it out. See if uh, that uh, prime will end up in tomorrow's lunch. <laughs> if it uh, has a... The kitchen on premises, that's another giveaway. That that's that's a great point. That's a good piece of advice that kind of blows my mind. Yeah, if there's a kitchen on premises, it means they're not moving the stuff yeah. because it's substandard and they have to sell it as lunch meat. Um, like we were talking about uh, the other day, uh, when you go to a, a supermarket and you see a lot of rotisserie chicken or pre-cooked lobster, you know, in the seals that's yeah well, yep. those are the ones that so it's you know uh, unfortunately when uh, well you're dealing it's a very high demand business in terms of uh, it demands a lot from you from an operator and it's uh, also you're dealing with the perishables you're dealing with people yeah. uh you know so you you better have a high uh, revolving business we rather uh, price it lower we rather deliver much fresher and uh, price friendly uh, prices Here's another suggestion. All right, looking for a kitchen, looking for absence of USDA uh, prime grade marks, but also uh, see how transparent uh, the shop is to offer their prices. We are proud to advertise ours. We are proud yeah. to put it out there for everybody to see. Yep. If anybody says, well, well, we will privately message you. We will whisper in your ear. 
that's a bad giveaway. That's a bad sign that uh, you're just about to be taking advantage of. And that's of. with any business anything or anything offered for sale if people won't openly say what they're asking obviously you know uh something's rotten in denmark and that's definitely the case with these butchers nobody that. likes to disclose their prices nobody likes to give uh price lists away it, it, it's the trick that competition will all, almost always use against you sure. but this is why we are very secure in our beliefs that we're delivering the best product, we are very secure and confident that uh, our prices cannot be beat. So we are posting them on a Facebook. So Sam's Meat Warehouse on a Facebook, uh, you can take a look. Uh, I got, uh, like Dasha gave me a task to read uh, this weekend, this week's specials. So here we go. Uh, I'm reading off the list that starts from $2 and goes to $10. So if you have... I don't know, whatever that is, a, a buck, a two, a five, a ten in your pocket, that makes you a very confident shopper at Sam's Meat Warehouse. So here's what two ninety nine a pound will buy you. It's a meaty neck bones, and that's Wagyu. That's domestic Wagyu, not just any neck bones. It's a meaty neck wow. bones of Wagyu. Two ninety nine a pound, three ninety nine a pound ground beef, ground on premises, 80% lean, small batches right in front of you. So uh, you go to ShopRite, you don't know where it's grounded, you pay double the price. So choice is yours. Also, uh, not to interrupt you, but it's what I'm best at. Uh, another thing <laughs> at ShopRite is you'll buy the ground meat and it looks so beautiful and red and then you bring it home and you break it open and all the stuff in the center is the old brown stuff that they it, rolled it the- It oxidizes, uh, uh, meat uh, dust uh, uh, can uh, turn, but- it, Which I like usually myself, but they you see the nice fresh red on the outside and they've rolled there, it there's around. A lot of, there's a lot of uh, industry tricks that goes in. You know, there's uh, something that didn't quite sell, something that didn't move. This is why pricing correctly, pricing affordably is the key. That guarantees the uh, you know high flow of products and volume and uh, freshness at the end. So at four dollars, four ninety nine, you can buy a beef belly, uh, which is navel for beef bacon or smoking. This is what the yeah. people used to smoke all the way up until the end of fifties, the beginning of sixties, before brisket became prevalent. Speaking about brisket, five ninety nine a pound, USDA prime pack of brisket for smoking. I mean, and that is USDA Prime, and that is sold in a package, and that is something that you could see that that's you a see USDA. the actual seal on one hundred percent. Yeah, that's a big deal. Uh, Grass-fed beef boneless ribeye, six ninety nine a pound, six ninety nine a pound boneless grass-fed ribeyes. You find a better price like that, we'll buy from you. <laughs> <laughs> Good slogan. Okay, seven ninety nine USD prime whole picanha, and that's normally a steak that you would see a lot in uh, churrascarias or Brazilian steakhouses. So at seven bucks, awesome. This is a regular price, I believe, is nine ninety nine. So at twenty uh, percent off, that that's a great buy and that's a good steak. If you haven't had it, try it. Might become one of your favorites. Eight ninety nine hanger or sirloin strip steak. Nine ninety nine New York strip steak choice, great nine bucks and at ten dollars we have a bison uh, ground so uh, wow. that's nine, what i would try 90 percent lean wow. so bison is lean to begin with this is 90 percent lean bison ground so all of those are still available we do have uh, featured steak is wagyu chuck eye steak like i said it's a poor man's ribeye at 13.50 after the discount uh, taken wagyu flank is only 9.99 a pound here's another one Try to find a good, great. a good grade flank steak, just uh, choice or prime, and see how much that is. And at Wagyu at nine ninety nine, it's a steal. So we do uh, have uh, a lot of those uh, specials running weekly. Uh, Sam's usually 
uh, posting up two specials a week, one Tuesday through Thursday, and then uh, weekend specials. And there's always uh, something that uh, something interesting. Like right, right now, I know they featured the king of all stakes, and that is a Wagyu ribeye cap. Normally, not to be found everywhere. We have it. That's a standard item. It's not always there in stock. So, uh, but while it's there, uh, I would certainly recommend to try it. Let me ask you something. Um, you know, you have so many, especially like in this part of the world, you know, Warwick and the Enverns around here, we have a, <clears throat> a lot of young families who've maybe moved into the area and maybe they don't know because they're coming from the city. They don't know a lot about grilling. Do people ever come in and just say, Hey, dude, you know, I just got a, a nice new grill. Uh, what do you suggest to feed my family? What's something fun for us to do that I can't screw up too easily? Uh, too easily. Well, uh, steaks like like uh, tried and true, uh, strips, T-bones, porterhouses, all this uh, come out absolutely beautiful. Good. They were uh, sort of, they meant to be grilled outside on a grill, high heat. So that that is certainly... Flank comes out great. Uh, I don't know a good uh, way to cook flank in the oven in the house and, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, to me, that's like a grill-only meat. I can't... Absolutely. Uh, so yeah. certainly like any kind of chop. Uh, and uh, so uh, and it's a difference between chop and a steak. Steak could be a any uh, kind of muscle, uh, right. well-defined. Chop is always has a bone, bone. in it. So uh, any, any kind of chop belongs on the grill. There are certain things that do not belong on a grill. Like, for example, if you can grill a ribeye, uh, you can still grill a tomahawk steak. But in prime grade, in being such a humongous steak, it's usually a steak to share about three plus pounds, it, you, it's almost guaranteed to catch fire. So you have to... <laughs> no, no, it's... Uh, That's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. So it's going to flare up. And uh, so... Uh, not to catch fire from our sponsors, we're going to go into <laughs> advertising break. <laughs> Sam's Meat Warehouse has been supplying restaurants and shops with the highest quality local and sustainably sourced prime and choice wholesale meat, steaks, poultry, seafood, and much more for over 20 years. Whether you're a small family butcher shop or a busy steakhouse, expect A1 service and the finest products available. Call Sam's at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off Route 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. I'm Ryan the Goose Gosker, and this is Dr. Vin Prisbolinski. Saturday at 12.15, listen to Goose and Doc, the newest sports talk show. Goose and Doc serve you the perfect appetizer for your weekend sports feast. The Goose and Doc Show, Saturday at 12.15 on WTBQ and WGHT. Hi, this is Mike Sweeten, Supervisor of the Town of Warwick with Tony Cardone, Supervisor of the Town of Monroe. And please join us every Tuesday at 9 a.m. for the roundtable here on WTBQ and WGHD. Radio worth listening to. WTBQ This afternoon, sun will be giving way to arriving clouds 65 to 70. Tonight, with a storm over the southeast heading northeastward, becoming cloudy, Periods of rain or showers arriving after midnight, 45 to 50. Sunday, early rain ends by midday, followed by some late day clearing, 60 to 65. Mostly sunny Monday. From the WTBQ Weather Center, I'm WeatherWorks meteorologist John Leo. 
And we're back with Free Speech. This is Jay Westerveld, semi-permanent guest on Stephen Keeter's show here. And uh, with this warm weather, it was kind of a funny way we breezed in here. Both of us a a little late, kind of happy, big smiles. And uh, just a beautiful day, great time of year. And I guess next week it's supposed to get a lot warmer. And um, it makes it sort of interesting. You know, you're here talking about all these steaks and grilling. You know, I'm out riding today and I'm just thinking, man, I, I really, you know, Barbecue and motorcycles. You know, uh, if you're inland, that's, uh, that's life. The grilling season is upon us. And in fact, you know what? It's it's great uh, that we're talking about it. I have, uh, I'm going to try to bring it up uh, on a Facebook. We have uh, on uh, Sam's Meat Warehouse face uh, page. We, we get a lot of different kind of commands. You know, like some people are... Um, Seeking out for suggestions like uh, what you ask, yeah. what's the best grilling advice, what's uh, what's a good steak uh, suitable for what. We have uh, somebody who uh, has been uh, coming or just discovered uh, Sam's, has been a v- sort of very loyal uh, customer. I will uh, would like to read the post from that gentleman and... Uh, Kevin, I'm not going to do the last name, but uh, here's Kevin says, uh, he's posting right there, and he says, five things to make a summer great. Number one, family, and I could not agree more. That's, I think, we're all on the same page. Number two, friends. Number three, Ryan, do we have some kind of applause or something or whatever else? Now, now number three is Sam's Meat Warehouse. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> number four, according to Kevin, Sam's Steaks. Number five, cold beer. And that is all I need to make me happy this summer. So I want to give a shout out to Kevin. And uh, I almost can sign it uh, under each and every word. And uh, that would be enough to keep me happy. Family, friends, good good food, good drinks, right? Yeah, why not? Why not? (laughs) So it is what makes us uh, get up in the morning. This is this kind of, uh, you know, post that makes us to go to work and do our job well. And, uh, you know, I uh, once again, uh, I was talking about the kids and uh, Kevin once again stresses the importance of the family. I have uh, kids right now running, uh, running Sam's. And in the words of my friend, if I knew how much help they would be, I would have them earlier. <laughs> I, I still really love that quote. That, Definitely. It's funny that uh, we, we're talking about this because uh, I have uh, the very same uh, kid uh, who is no longer a kid. He brought his own son to the store today. Nice. And uh, I didn't recognize him. So he pulled up the mask and he said, you don't recognize me, do you? I said, no, kind of, no, not quite. And he said, I used to do the routes. My name is uh, so-and-so, Daniel. Cool. Yeah, and uh, it, it was great uh, to see, like, immediately, like I said, I used that proverb, uh, and it probably wasn't intended as a proverb, that he just responded, but uh, that, that's uh, something that very point out right to the T, you know, like something that, uh, yep, and it's great to, to see a family and the kids and do great and hang out and, like I said, enjoy the weather. Nice, nice. Now, that's what it's all about. It. Yeah, and there's definitely, you know, for me, grilling has always been a, a center of it so it's always kind of a, a nice coincidence that i ran into I think you when we do this stuff motorcycle would make probably on your list yeah number yeah, six inland motorcycle <laughs> but near coast surfing you know or at least the ocean yeah. if, if nothing else the ocean and i love grilling on the ocean as i always tell you you know out on the east end of long island uh 
flank and especially skirt where it was very popular. That's right. We wanted, we still wanted to try that one, uh, thinly yeah, pounded. Yeah, thinly yep. pounded, including skirt, which doesn't need it. It definitely does not need any tenderizing, but you hit it with the mallet uh, for a while and really make it like a mm. sheet of paper and you and just barely just touch it. Oh, and it's done, that's right? It. That's it. Yeah. Then it goes on the plate. It is really great. Speaking about skirt, I know that has been a hot item. I know a lot of, I've seen ridiculous price tags. I've seen $35 a pound, and I'm very proud that we still uh, can offer at 12. But this is not uh, what I wanted to, to talk about. I want to talk about Wagyu skirt, because we do have those. It sounds interesting. Honestly, I can't even visualize what it would be like, because I always think of skirt as being just strictly, you know, brick red. You know, with no marbling. You know, oh, just no, no, this no. red. Oh, and so Wagyu no. skirt has to be. The prime is lines. very stranded with the. Right. So you see the red, you see white, and it's a very defined direction of the fibers. Uh, you you can almost count them, uh, just right. like ring uh, rings on a on a, a tree. tree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, so the but uh, Wagyu. It's just a different composition of that fat. It's uh, right. like uh, we we like to try it while you you know like with my eyes closed. I can tell you tell you whether it's Japanese, whether it's domestic, almost to the T words. Uh, this Wagyu can be only raised in four states domestically. I didn't know that. Yeah, what, the, is that a regulatory thing or? No, it, it has to have a particular, it's almost like, you know, uh, the conditions, the, the environment uh, uh, that, you know, so that where they actually thrive. You can try to raise it, uh, I'm sure probably in uh, somewhere in New York, but majority of them come from uh, Minnesota, Minnesota, uh, northern iowa uh california and texas this is it that is really interesting and yeah. strange i know that in general uh the reason we don't have a lot of mutton culture you know sheep in a lot of north america is because they sheep in dry areas are really easy you know they take care of themselves you just make sure they're not being eaten by wolves here they succumb to way too many veterinary issues different uh you know, just different diseases. Colorado is a, is a great supplier of domestic lamb. And domestic lamb is uh, by far probably the most superior animal on the planet. Yeah. I, if I have to line up, and I traveled extensively, so do you, and you tried probably every lamb under the sun. I, I have to agree uh, that for those especially who are not big, uh, uh, you know, on, on a gamey uh flavor that domestic uh, lamb is going to offer that very neutral very clean uh, profile uh, you know and that speaking about it i think right now it's getting to be a very hot item and we right in between uh, the uh, right now it's a holy month of uh, ramazan yeah. for, for muslims we just passed catholic easter and we a week uh, apart from uh, the Russian or Greek, uh, Bulgarian, from Orthodox Easter. So uh, as we all know, there's two different uh, calendars, Julian and Gregorian, and some of us celebrate uh, Easter, which was, uh, I believe, was it past uh, Sunday or two, two weeks ago? Past Sunday. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. So the, and, uh, the rest of us, me including, so brothers and sisters, for those who are listening, uh, you know, we're going to be celebrating Easter next uh, Sunday and Sam's Meat Warehouse. It does carry a lot of Easter specials, including baby lambs, whole lamb, head on lamb, and that's uh, already starts coming in. So if anybody is uh, considering to celebrate uh, like it used to be back in old countries and uh, by old tradition where, you know, whole lamb usually get uh, yeah. uh, cooked up, we, we have it. 
you know, when I was a child, uh, that was to a degree still practiced here in the States, you know, uh, across cultures. And uh, it just doesn't happen anymore. And I have to jump back to what you were saying about the Colorado lamb. It's, you know, we often hear about and read about New Zealand or Australian uh, sheep products. Mm -hmm. The Colorado to me is infinitely superior to those. 100%. Way different. 100%. Way different. Different animal. It's not, see, I, um, now, not that I had a problem with, but, um, well, actually, maybe I do. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. Because, you know, see, uh, American beef is second only to Japanese uh, Wagyu. And we discussed Wagyu, and uh, not only it's, uh, some people might even actually prefer that more beefy, more robust flavor of American beef. I happen to be one of those. Japanese still, to me, it's very refined. It's very... It's hard to imitate. It's almost impossible to to raise a. It's like five. sparkling wines, great sparkling wines. You know, in America, some great right. sparkling wines, even in some areas of uh, Europe. But man, outside of the Champagne Valley, totally it, different animal. And, and that's exactly what we have here. We, like I said, I uh, the American beef is great, one of the best, if not the best in the world. And if it is somebody considered to be ratings, it's only second to Japanese. Now, American lamb, I consider the best animal on the planet. Uh, second to none, absolutely. American pork, American pig, very inferior uh, yeah. in, in theory because, and it's a result of that uh, uh, congressional committee that introduced that uh, another white meat slogan, uh, whose purpose was to lean an American hog. So with that said, w- and they were quite successful, just like they did uh, broiler with the, with the chicken, ju- that, that's the same program. That's when uh, they tried to, uh, animal uh, eats less but packs more muscle, uh, very lean, lacks the flavor, lacks the fat, and uh, turns out to be three to four hundred percent leaner than uh, farm-raised counterpart. But with the, we have right now, we have a movement that uh, sort of moving away from mainstream, from uh, factory-produced hogs, and now we see the revival of heritage breeds like Duroc, like Chester White, like Berkshire, which is uh, in Japan Kurabata. And this is what uh, Sam's Meat Warehouse is carrying right now. So if you sort of longing for that lost taste, if the like me, you were uh, disappointed what the, at pork and what it tastes like, stop by. We have the very same product that's going to bring your memories back. They're going to bring your taste buds, wake, wake your taste buds up. And uh, it tastes like pork meant to be, like it's supposed to be. You know, so we're very proud of that. But you're absolutely right. American lamb is by far probably the most superior, the best uh, animal on the planet. Yeah, to me, it's definitely better than the Australian and the Kiwi, by far. um, I guess I'm saying because it's weird that they... They're always advertised, oh, we have Australian lamb. And I'm thinking, well, that's great, but you know, why don't you give me the American stuff? Right. So yeah, a lot of, uh, and it's very, very different. While uh, it's a different species, it's different uh, yeah. genetically, yeah. it's different in appearance, in weight. Uh, we carry the three varieties, New Zealand, Australian, and American. So you can, uh, and I was uh, at, the, at Sam's this morning, somebody stops by and asks for the, uh, you know, for the shanks. And the guys bring it up and say, well, here we go, this, New Zealand, Australian, and American. You can visually tell the difference. I believe it. And the lady said, well, this is too big for one portion. I said, yeah, this is a different animal. So if Australian and New Zealand, they would average about upwards to 30 pounds, then uh, American uh, lamb is easy, 60 to 80 pounds. Is that because of 
so nature nurture is that because of genetics of the animal or is it what they're feeding them that's or both both okay. it's different different breeds to begin with different genetics yeah. and different uh, feeding practices yeah no and i you know it's been uh, over a year now i miss my sheep tail which we don't <laughs> you know in this part of the world it's really difficult to get uh, almost impossible yeah eurasian sheep tail almost um, impossible kurduk uh, in yeah. a native language yeah, yeah. But um, no, that's that's fascinating, and I, it would be nice to be able to find you know our domestic American sheep more often in this country for sale. But it just doesn't happen that much. For some reason, they they seem to find it uh, easier to import it, you know, from down under. Uh, because uh, you see, everything is mass produced. The population obviously is. Uh, I don't know statistics. I'm not going to rely on numbers, but we all know it's it's difficult to sustain and feed the amount of people that currently we we have. Uh, so uh, there's always. Uh, you know, it's very tempting for producers to start using a less inferior uh, animal or use some kind of additives or use uh, coloring or use uh, some kind of feed or the drug use to bring up production. So this is why it's very important to work with the small family-run uh, farms. You know where it's coming from. The chain of custody is clear. The prices are transparent. You know if you're paying a dollar more. And like I said, it's never drastically more. You know exactly what you're buying. Well, looks like uh, we have to go to a quick word from the sponsors. Sam's Meat Warehouse is a butcher with old-time family values. Remember back in the day when people knew their butcher by name and visiting them was a social experience? They would talk to customers about how to cook a piece of meat to perfection. Sam's combines old-world methods with modern techniques. Call your favorite butcher, Sam's, at 845-651-MEAT or visit the store right off 17A in Florida, New York for the highest quality products at unbeatable prices. Hi, this is Tom Fursey. Sing along and relive the memories of the 1980s on The Magic of the 80s. Saturday night, starting at 6 on WTBQ, playing the best music. Magic of the 80s. This is Allie Berman inviting you to tune in every Thursday at 10 a.m. on Winning Together with the number one team of personal injury attorneys at Sobo & Sobo. Call or text into the show and get answers to all your questions right here on Radio Worth Listening To. WGHT Pompton Lakes, your community radio station since 1969. And we're back with free speech. I I almost said tales and trails again. Um, with uh, Stephen Keeter, the host, and uh, me, Jay Westerveld, we're talking about mostly about meat again, just because it's that time of the year. Our primary sponsor is Sam's Meat Warehouse. Big shout out to Dasha over there. And Sam's right now is carrying, they're carrying two really unique items, not just unique for this area, but unique really for a lot of America. They're carrying a full range of bison cuts and also beautiful Wagyu uh, beef. Full range as well. Full uh, range. I think we on this coast, probably the largest uh, distributor in, in forms of uh, selection. And uh, we carry different, uh, even domestically, we have Wagyu uh, from different farm, farms from um, uh, Snake River, uh, Morgan Wagyu. We have uh, 
JDH out of Iowa and um, Red uh, Red Top Farms. So, so there's quite a few, you know, but uh, it, it is, you could certainly see, uh, where you can certainly taste. And uh, the pricing, like I said, if uh, Wagyu, we, we have tons and tons of Wagyu under $10, like Flink starts under 10 bucks, and certainly under 20 Delmonico's, Chakai's, poor man ribeyes, uh, you know, which nothing uh, poor about this particular cut because uh, since this is a Wagyu, this is as luxurious and as palatable as any other Wagyu cut. I wanted to jump back to the bison for a moment because, I, you know, I'd asked you about feedback you're getting on it. Mm -hmm. And um, as you know, and a lot of people who tune into your show know, I'm a huge fan of game meat. And I, I always have been, uh, having grown up in a family of hunters and <laughs> eating just about every kind of meat that there is on uh, this planet. And a lot of people probably are looking at bison and treating it like beef when they cook it. And maybe they're getting not quite the result that they could if they cooked it differently. Uh, very true, because uh, bison is uh, infinitely uh, leaner. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, like, and this is why, even like working, it's difficult. It's harder to cut. Uh, the meat is very, very lean. Uh, there's not even the outside bark that you normally see, like we uh, right. discussed tallow uh, in, in the beginning of the... And you have to think about it. The bison's fur, the coat, uh, is actually so thick that bison could be completely co covered in snow, right. and that snow wouldn't melt, even right. though it's a hot-blooded so animal. Same as a yak, and a bison and a yak oh, are go. extremely closely related. And is yak similar. as lean as well? Probably leaner where I've eaten it just because wow. of, well, just because of the landscape. They're living on a few little scarce herbs. I see. And butchering them, it's it's nothing like it's absolutely. Nothing like it's it's, it's not it's not pleasant. Well, it's kind of pleasant, but uh, it it certainly requires uh, particular knife skills. Uh, I can do it. You can probably do it, uh, but uh, I wouldn't recommend for an uh, average Joe out there. Uh, because going to end up stabbing himself. You know. Yeah. You you could do it. I could do it. But to watch like. Uh, a, a, a Kazakh herder butcher one of those things <laughs> oh, yeah. in no. minutes. I mean, it is, it's an art form. So it's difficult to cut and it's equally difficult to cook. Uh, not yeah. difficult. I, I should probably, yeah, wrong uh, it, word it's, it's a wrong word, right. Uh, it, it, uh, you should use proper application. Uh, and uh, by proper, I mean, it's uh, been so lean, it meant to be eaten medium rare. You want to sear it, uh, if uh, you know n nothing else, just enough to give it a golden cross to yet right. uh, keep it rare in the middle. Or the way I end up doing, and I think right now it's more affordable. What used to be looked at the almost like scientific high, uh, sci-fi uh, cooking, nuclear almost or molecular uh, cooking, uh, sous vide. It's it's available. Uh, I think sous vide machine starts anywhere from sixty dollars now. Uh, I have a big one. I have almost a commercial. What is it? What does it look like? This is. It's a hot water immer uh, immersing heater. It's uh, back in the days, and uh, you you probably seen that in Mongolia. And every traveling uh, herd still has that little uh, electric uh, device that you put in the, in a cup of tea to make yourself a of cup course, of tea. Of in course, of course. It's throughout Asia, in fact. It's really popular. Yeah, very popular. Yeah, yeah. That's what we used to carry. This is so you you plug it in, boom, you got uh, in a minute. So imagine that. How do you normally? How do you describe that device? It's like an aquarium. I call it an aquarium heater. 
It's like the little heater. Pretty much, it's a heater. It's, it's a heater. Uh, yeah. It's it just a, my joke. It has a coil. It. Yep. You you put it. It's uh, water safe. It looks put, like a glass ta- test tube almost with a, a yep. coil in it. So you 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 put uh, that uh, in water. It heats up in a minute. So the only uh, an idea of that one primitive one want to bring water to boil. So this one has a thermostat inside. It has a water pump and a gotcha. thermostat. So it retains the water bath at a particular temperature. So, for example, if I like to cook uh, meat uh, medium uh, rare, I would uh, bring meat at temperature to 130 degrees. Right. So that 130 degrees achieved uh, by submersing the meat in a plastic or vacuum bag in, in a bath and let it sort of take that. It's sort of like a meat spa. And you have it uh, there for a couple of hours. So the temperature that's meat ultimately is going to reach not a single degree above what you set it for. Right. So if you set it for 130, that's exactly what you're going to get. So it's it's rules. It's out. almost like a right using a rice cooker instead of putting rice on the stove. And you know, pretty much, pretty much, because it it, it, it will uh, doesn't matter how long you leave it there. It's safe. It's never going to overcook. Rice it's cooker, never going to yeah. get burned up. It's never going to. You're never going to get that crust uh, at the bottom of the pan. Uh, you know, so with this th- set, it's this is probably by far the best way to cook lean or tougher cuts of meat. And we did the rack of uh, bison uh, ribeye, like a bison tomahawk, came out absolutely beautiful. Uh, absolutely gorgeous, just like nice. it's supposed to be. I, I, I like meats cooked in water like that in general, you know, where it's not being stewed or anything. Right. It's not being boiled to death, but it's just uh, yep. constant temperature. That's it. I'd mentioned to you something that, that's done on the step, uh, almost uh, something that looks like a milk can that you put hot rocks into from a fire and uh, it's big actually, chunks it of is meat. milk can. That's that's exactly. That's exactly. Well, that's what we right. use in the step. That's actually. a milk can. Yep. Yeah. And you, you'll I've actually go it. along the side of the road. You'll see trailers where guys <laughs> yes. have these. They've been cooking milk, all day. Water. Yeah. It's aluminum can. It's with, so with, good. Yep. And they just they take a big knife and they lay these things out on a paper plate and hand it to you for a few cents. And it's so good. It, 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 yeah. I for totally, bison, it makes perfect sense. Totally agree. Yeah. Well, the, it, it, this rustic way of cooking, it's uh, like uh, it's a very simple product. Yeah, salt and pepper. Yeah. It doesn't need to be julienne, re- reduction this and reduction that of balsamic this or something, you know, the vanilla sauce. Simple, salt, pepper, a little bit of heat. Uh, the main advice is not to overcook. Right. Don't try to cook the living hell out of it. It's already dead. So just uh, sear it up and enjoy it. Like I always say, if you've undercooked something you can always nuke it for a second throw it on a salamander throw it back in the pan if you've overcooked it it's done you know the dog's gonna eat that's it 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 is you can't undo it it's it's tricky in the beginning but once you get to to know the beautifully properly uh, cooked steak is such a rare even even in the restaurant even in the restaurant i was so pleasantly surprised and and taken uh, and impressed in a sense when uh, i went to uh, pharmacy? pharmacy. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping maybe that France would join us to to tell about specials, but I think restaurants are doing great, and he had some other things that he had to do. Uh, it, it's hard to get in, uh, and I uh, and and I fully understand why because uh, I ordered the steak, which I normally uh, you know don't do, and I was impressed how perfect executed uh, that porterhouse was. It, it just you know, I don't think I, I think they can. Uh, Hold their own to the best of the best, including uh, Smith and Walensky and Peter Luga and the rest of them. And Eddie DeBevix in Chicago? <laughs> <laughs> uh, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I don't know any other place around here in Orange County or, frankly, in New York's uh, state. Maybe there is out there. I'm not saying he's the only one, but he uh, cooks with the wood fire. 
which is double tricky, if not triple so tricky. So impressive and so yeah. Californian, you yeah. know, the wood fire stakes. Mm -hmm. He, one wild thing about his place, Stephen, is I've always only heard accolades for it. People have only been crazy about it. I've never heard anyone say, oh, it's okay, or oh, it sucks. Everybody screams about the place, and that never happens. You know, or if it does, it's a flash in the pan. Well, it's, 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 it's a, it's a well-done place by somebody who uh, knows uh, business very, very well, who has behind his belt very successful endeavors, uh, Nina. Yeah. Uh, that's essentially revived the Middletown uh, dining scene. Yeah. And I remember 15 years ago would probably be the only restaurant that would somewhat, you know, uh, would definitely stand out and be exciting to, to visit. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, it's right here in Goshen, New York. Uh, and, you know, a stone's throw from uh, Sam's right in Florida, yeah. New York. Uh, just both of them right off of 17. And uh, he really, uh, it's been so long in my life that I've heard of something in this part of the world where people consistently have only rave reviews. And that's true of both of these businesses, which is kind of cool. And I mean, he uses Sam's meat in his place. Correct. And uh, France is one of those operators that will never settle for anything other than the best. I think uh, Winston Churchill actually said once that I'm an easy man to please. The very best never fails to satisfy me. <laughs> He's a brilliant man. So many quotables from yeah. one person. So with sure. that said, I mean, uh, sometimes, uh, and like we discussed, prime is in short supply. We're able to actually uh, have it uh, constantly. Uh, there's something happening with the prices right now where the fillets is gonna, just going to skyrocket. Next week, oh, brace yourself, put the, the, uh, the buckle up because the prices are really, really up there. What drives that? Why does that happen? Uh, it's, uh, it's a combination of factors, in my opinion. It's, it's a high demand. It's oh. summer. It's uh, big players uh, stepped in, uh, like uh, U.S. Food, Cisco, Supervalu, who just uh, b take everything on the market. The restaurant's getting uh, totally uh, released uh, to 100% capacity. And uh, there's shortage. A lot of people are still not working in uh, a lot of plants, not working in a full capacity because, uh, well, you know, it's a, a result of current politics that sometimes it's more uh, tempting to sit at home and collect uh, the unemployment and whatnot. And also people still get sick. So this is, this is a, a variety of factors. But uh, like I said, uh, pharmacy, uh, France with Craft 47, with pharmacy, nothing but the best. So when the guy uh, is buying, he's buying top of the line steaks that you'd normally uh, would see only in uh, Peter Luger in a right. city, you know? Right. So the, uh, instead of uh, going there and uh, paying uh, triple the price, stop by, we have uh, the establishment equally good and when I, I say it I would sign up my name uh, under it the, the statement because uh, I've seen I've tasted a steak or two I can certainly judge the quality and uh, top uh, notch steak at pharmacy and it begins with a good steak uh, but also the execution the grill that they have the 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 chef uh, it's all comes together including the atmosphere yeah, it's, that doesn't surprise me, Stephen. I only met Franz uh, that one day here in the studio, and uh, I was really struck by what an unpretentious, approachable, you know, fun guy right. he is. He wasn't, you know, this sort of, oh, God, I have to get back to the restaurant. He's a dude, and he really seems to take a very practical, looking for the best in everything approach, and I'm thinking maybe he applies that. 
Yeah, it's the, the you know it's the the uh, when you see this type of people, it's uh, the they never cut any corners. Right. Uh, they're never going to settle for anything less. Winston Churchill. Yeah, and uh, they, you know, like uh, very often you see uh, the store owner or, or an operator or restaurant operator uh, substitute, and I've seen it more than anybody else because I've seen how terrace majors were passed for filet mignons. I've seen how uh, you know. Skate uh, wings were passed oh, for scallops. For scallops. Oh, that's still done constantly. Absolutely, cookie cutters. Absolutely, and, and we both know it. Oh God, you know, and I, and, and I can tell you in a split second. You know, looking <laughs> at them, it's it's amazing. Churrascarias, uh, very few of them, in fact, serving you picanha. It's majority of it is just uh, the sirloin, uh, top sirloin, right. close enough, but no cigar. You know no, what I'm saying? For sure. It, it's for us. Uh, we we can tell the difference. Uh, an average consumer probably doesn't. Uh, so uh, this is very important to choose your supplier, to choose where you go, to support local. Uh, so know your butcher, know your chef, know your restaurateur. Uh, yeah. If you don't see a kitchen in a butcher shop, run away. If you see Cisco truck in front of the restaurant, run fast, do the same. <laughs> And if you would like to hear uh, more tips about uh, what to buy and how to cook, please tune in next week to Free Speech Show, where me and Jay discuss uh, certain particular items of interest. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you.